What's going on, coaches? Sorry this uh, episode's getting out a little bit late. I uh, went down to coaching school and wasn't around my computer to put this episode out, but had an unbelievable time with this episode when we talked with Coach, and think you guys are going to really, really enjoy it. Um, went to, like I said, my first Texas coaching school, Texas High School Coach Association clinic, uh, and had a blast. Uh, it was, was great to meet a bunch of guys out there that listen to the podcast. Uh, it was great to meet a bunch of just great football coaches, um, and see a bunch of friends that, that, that I've made along the way, either through the podcast or through coaching or, you know, coaches I had played for. So had a blast with that, excited um, to get to do that again throughout the years. And uh, the best part about that from everyone tells me is means football season's about here. So we're excited for that. If you guys need anything from us, go check us out at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builders recently launched a full-year, 52-week football strength and conditioning program that comes free with any Team Builder free trial. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a full-year, 52-week football strength and conditioning program that, again, is free with any Team Builder free trial. Visit their website and make sure you enter the code RTP to get their 52-week training program and start your 14-day free trial at teambuilder.com, which is T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent our big win is with the championship ring, and the team at Legend Rings wants to help you celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and affordable from design to delivery. Check them out at legendrings.com or email info at legendrings.com to get started. Let them know that Run the Power sent you, and they will make your ring for free. Again, go check them out at legendrings.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all, we obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formations, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves times on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait, go do it today. On this episode of RTP, brought to you by Legend Rings, we talk with Joseph Crenson. Coach K is the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Lake Erie College in Painesville, Ohio. Listen as we talk with Coach K about his GA days at UMass and Pitt, setting up run game plans, and teaching installs and schemes to players at different levels of experience in your offensive line room. You guys can follow Coach K on Twitter at Coach. K-R-E-I-N-S-E-N. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, so uh, 
I grew up in uh, Natick, um, Natick, Massachusetts. It's about 30 minutes outside Boston. And, uh, you know, we had a pretty good high school and I played offensive line at a whopping 235 pounds because I really wasn't <laughs> af- really wasn't athletic enough to play any other position. But, you know, I didn't mind uh, kind of just sticking my face into it. And um, then I, I went where, you know, any 235-pound t- offensive lineman goes and played uh, D3 O-line at uh, Westfield State. Uh, it's in uh, Western Massachusetts, uh, near Amherst, Massachusetts. Um, I had a great career there. Uh, you know, met a lot of great friends, had a lot of great coaches, and um, I was able to be a four-year starter, uh, all-conference and all-academic, all that stuff. And then uh, really, it was kind of a cool story. Um, I was actually, you know, selected as the – Western Mass Scholar Athlete of the Year, which was kind of kind of a big deal because, uh, you know, Westfield State is a state school, and you know, uh, only I, I was really only the second person uh, in 38 years to ever win that award from the school, and I, I still remember the the SID coming up to me like, you know, hey Joe, uh, you know, you just got nominated for this award, and just put it on your resume. We don't expect you to win. And I was like, well, all right, I have no idea, and. <laughs> I, I ended up, I, I ended up winning it and they, they were shocked. And because you're, you're, you're going against Amherst Williams, some top academic schools. And I, I had an average GPA, like, you know, low threes, you know, I, I was an RA, I did all that stuff. And, um, I ended up winning and I, I invited all my, all my boys, uh, all my friends, I invited all, uh, my coaches, my wrestling coach, my head coach, you know, and I invited my friends, I invited uh, my parents, my parents' friends, um, my, my friends' parents, excuse me. And then um, basically I, I gave a speech and I, I really, I just thanked them for all, all the good times and for, you know, looking out for me and helping me out. And, and I had a suit on and my, my boys gave me a standing ovation for the speech after. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Just, you know, state school and all that. And then um, so the Western Mass football coaches were there, um, and that's where I, I met Coach Whipple, uh, Coach Mark Whipple, who was a head coach at UMass in 2014. He had just gotten there, and um, I expressed my interest through my speech of just wanting to be a football coach, and I went up to him and just was like, Coach, I'd love an opportunity to work for you, whatever, you know, whatever it takes, uh, I'll, I'll do it, and, you know, Co- Coach Whip was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. We're looking for a four GA. I don't, I don't know. And I was like, well, all right, at least I, at least I gave it a, gave it a shot and had nothing to lose. And, um, I, I got a call a couple of weeks later from coach whip, uh, saying that he wanted me to go and meet, uh, coach Shane Waldron, uh, and just to talk with him. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I was, I was super nervous. I was looking up coach Waldron and, he had just been with the Patriots as the tight ends coach and had been at UMass. And, and I, I, I knew absolutely nothing. I, I don't have, you know, you know, a father who's a coach or, you know, I was just at, you know, good old Westfield state. And I was like, man, I don't know anything, but I promise you, you know, coach, like I'm, I'm a work at it and I'm gonna give you everything I have. And um, so the, the, the thing with coach Waldron went well and, you know, couple weeks later, Coach Whip was like, yeah, all right. So can you start like Saturday or Monday? I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can get going. I just graduated. So <laughs> let's get let's, let's get it rolling. And um, so I was at UMass Amherst as a 
O-line graduate assistant uh, for Coach Waldron for a couple years. Um, and uh, he went on uh, and went with the, with the Rams as a quality control guy. Or excuse me, he went to, with the Redskins and uh, he got hooked up with Coach McVay. And then he went to the Rams, and uh, now uh, Coach Waldron's the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. So that, that that's pretty cool. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. yeah, I was like, oh wow. So so I, I got to learn. I, I got to learn a lot from uh, you know Coach Waldron. Uh, just really how to be a coach. And and I, I was I was a terrible terrible GA to begin with because I, I knew nothing. You know, I didn't know anything about Excel or Visio or you know, really anything about the business recruiting. I just knew that you, you got my all every, every day. And, um, so I, I was with him for a couple of years. Um, he went on and then, uh, coach Mike Foley, who, uh, you know, I, I love Foles. He, he's one of the, one of the best teachers and coaches I've been around. And he was a long O-line, uh, long-term O-line coach and, uh, head coach of Colgate and just a great, great man. And really the fundamentals and techniques and, he taught me a lot um, about O-line play. And then uh, my, my three years at UMass came to an end. Uh, I got my master's and then I was 25 and I was like, all right, well, you know, now what? And I decided to kind of take an unconventional route a little bit. And basically I, uh, my buddy had played um, football over in uh, Spain and there's like a website. So I just kind of stuck my resume out there and see if they need any coaches. And I didn't get Spain, but I, I got Stockholm, Sweden, and uh, I got to go out there and coach football there for three months. And really, one of the best things I ever did. Um, wow. Just kind of, yeah, it, it, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, they gave me a little apartment, uh, gave me like a meal, and you know, like a thousand bucks, and was like, all right. And I just kind of coached seventeen-year-olds, um, and they all speak English, but. You know, it taught me a lot as a coach and, you know, as a young man, just to really, you know, you got to really teach and talk slow. And it, it, I grew in a lot of ways there. And, you know, I also, you know, met my, met my uh, wife there. So that, that's always good, too. And uh, so that, that was cool. And uh, I spent three months there. Um, then I went on to um, I went back to UMass Amherst uh, with Coach Whipple, kind of in a assistant director of football operations and NFL liaison role where I got to really, you know, learn about the operation side. And I really liked the NFL liaison role because I got to sit down with, you know, all 32 scouts at some point and, and talk to them about, you know, the players at UMass and pick their brains on what they were looking for. And really just, I mean, it was just a tremendous experience, but um, you know, I wanted to coach football though. So I wanted to just coach O line. And, um, after, after the year of operations and dressing in the, you know, the slacks and the college shirt and, and gel in the hair, I, I wanted to coach and I wanted to coach O line specifically. So, uh, after that, I went to, uh, Santa Margarita Catholic high school, a, a great high school in the Trinity league in, in Southern California. And, you know, I never, I really didn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to coach high school and, there was opportunity there to, you know, become the old line coach and, you know, play against some of the best players really in the country. And, you know, I licked my chops at it and it was just a great, great year. And um, in terms of learning and growing and having my own room. And after that, I went on to the university of Pittsburgh 
um, with Coach Narduzzi, Coach Mark, Mark Whipple again, who is now the offensive coordinator for the uh, University of Pittsburgh. Um, and I uh, got to learn from Coach Dave Borbley, who's been doing it for 30 years. And uh, I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous teacher of, of the game and just an absolute professional in every way, Coach Borbs. And, you know, he really took me under his wing. And it, what, what I thought he, what he was so special at is just kind of making the, you know, making hard things simple, especially after coaching the year of high school, just things that you kind of rally your brain, brain with, like, you know, he's already seen it and, you know, has an answer. And if he doesn't have an answer, you know, he, he's probably going to reach out to, you know, like a Jim McNally or someone like, a, like Paul, someone unbelievable at this profession. So that was cool. And, uh, you know, I spent two years there learning, growing, uh, seeing what it was like at a power five school and, you know, how it was run. And then uh, there was an opportunity to, uh, you know, at Lake Erie College, where I'm the offensive line coach and the run game coordinator. Um, there was an opportunity to coach D2 football uh, and be an offensive line coach. And, you know, uh, I, I had an opportunity maybe, you know, stay on, you know, a pit in a different role or whatever the case may be. But I, I, I want to coach O-line and, uh, because I love it. And, and so I jumped at it and uh, been here since January. And, you know, we're working every single day. We had a spring season and there was a lot of things we learned from and we're going to grow from. And, you know, excited to see the class that we're bringing in and to get a couple more guys eligible and just to get these guys to play hard. And, you know, they did. And, you know, it's been a work in progress and we're going to keep working. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working for Coach Riley Murphy, who's been here uh, for two years. And, you know, he, he got here in 2019 and they got three wins his first year, which was the most wins they had in the three years combined. So um, I'm excited for what he's doing and I'm excited to be, you know, on the journey with him and and just to get these guys to roll. But that's really kind of my little little journey. Well, Coach, I've got so many football questions from that journey, but I've got two kind of non-football questions. Okay. Uh, I know, I know. I think uh, the Bruins uh, are, are playing hockey tonight. Are you a big Are you a big hockey fan? Because if if you are, we kind of killed you on this timing. I think they're they're right in the middle of uh, of the third period. Yeah. No. So you know, everyone kind of always asks me that, but I'm not a big hockey guy. I'm a big gotcha. Celtics guy. I'm a big Celtics guy though. And you know, they, they beat the wizards uh, last night. I was pumped, you know, Tatum dropped a light 50. And uh, so no, I, I was happy for that uh, because I grew up watching the Celtics and, you know, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, you know, coaching in the NFL and just stuff, a couple friends, uh, but right. yeah, but yeah. So, but yeah, the Celtics and, I never got into hockey, which I'm kind of ashamed to admit, but it's all right. <laughs> we won't, it's all we right. won't tell anybody. So, so, so I got to imagine Larry, Larry Legend then, Bird number one all time? Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, like, <laughs> like what's the – absolutely. You know, it goes him. And, well, it goes Bill Russell, Larry Bird, you know, McHale, you know, Paul Pierce, you know, inducting the Hall of Fame now. Uh, so, Kevin Garnett, who's a, who should go in as a Celtics and – you know, so yeah, there are a lot, a lot of guys there. Uh, so yeah, definitely Larry Legend number one. Coach, my other question was: Did you say you met your wife in Sweden? 
Yeah. I, so I how did, did so yeah. how does that work? Because you said you spent three months there, uh, yep. and then for that to end up being something big, coach, that you guys you guys must have known and must have known pretty quick. That that's um that's a pretty it, incredible story by itself. No, it, no, it's definitely it, it, it's it's really unbelievable to be honest. It's uh so we we didn't get married within the three months. Um, right. We, we were dating, uh, for about three and a half years, long-term or long distance. And, uh, you know, to, to, we met, um, you know, the way we met was playing beach volleyball. And it's a funny story. Like, you know, <laughs> like basically they have events, uh, all over, you know, for people who aren't from the country and there was a badminton event and there was a beach volleyball event. And, I had nothing to do one, you know, Sunday or whatever it was. We, we weren't in season anymore. And I was like, okay. And I looked at the badminton list and you know, I was like, ah, that looks okay. And then I saw, you know, I saw a bunch of women on the volleyball list and I just gave it, <laughs> I just, Good choice. you know, I just gave that a shot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was kind of my American over, you know, zealous self and, you know, clapping it up and, you know, coaching the people up there and she was kind of looking at me like I'm crazy. And, you know, and then it was just love at first sight. And um, <laughs> ba basically we just uh, really, you know, she, she works in computer science and, you know, has a great job and works at a great company called King. And uh, so she, she has a great job. King is actually the inventor of Candy Crush. So I don't know if you guys play, but she always has the new apps and stuff on her All phone right. and stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, long story short, dated for about, you know, three and a half years and got married uh, in Stockholm, Sweden, right before COVID hit. Wow. And and I was on one of the last planes um, right before uh, President Trump, um, you know, shut it down. I was actually uh, literally probably the last plane at, at seven <laughs> o'clock. And uh, so it was crazy. It was, cra it was absolutely crazy. And uh now she, she's with me now and it, it, it's what a journey, huh? She, she's, yeah. she's, at, she's out of her mind. And, but I, you know, so no, it, well, that's it's awesome. awesome. No, that's, yeah. that's really great. That's a crazy story. That's really cool coach. Um, so, so with football uh, now, again, like I said, I do have this laundry list with football. So um, just uh, imagining getting to be in that, in that Massachusetts area to, to coach college football, like you were for so long um, with you having an in with some NFL teams, obviously with your coach moving on and with the Patriots being right there. I know like for a high school, we get to go up to colleges all the time, not all the time, but they're, they're very open. Hey, if you guys want to come in, we can talk football. We're good with that. What is the relationship like with uh, an NFL team? Uh, I, if you're a college coach, is that something that certain programs are are willing to have you guys is it nfl's pretty shut off and and if it's not is it was that something that you were able to at least a few times get up there pick some of their brains talk some football with some of those guys yeah no great question so in my opinion i i, I it all goes back to the you know relationships that i i believe the individual coaches have with the individual coaches uh at the nfl so um my time at UMass, um, Coach Whipple, he had coached uh, with the Steelers and the um, and the Browns and so forth, and he he had a lot of connections and he, him and like the offensive coordinators and you know the QB coaches and stuff would go up there and not always the GAs, but 
you know, they would come back and share their ideas. But uh, at the University of Pittsburgh, um, Coach Tomlin would allow me and the other GA to sit in on the meetings uh, at many camp before COVID hit. And we got to be out at practice. And that was a absolutely unbelievable experience just to see them do it. And really, it, it was just tremendous, you know, to like when they were evaluating players and just the way that they trusted us to just sit there. And he was, he was with that with some other coaches that he knew. And that, that experience is unbelievable. And uh, I, I've had the opportunity to, you know, reach out with obviously coach Waldron when he was at the Rams um, and just sit there and pick his brain about game planning. And um, I also had a chance to sit with a couple other coaches and, you know, uh, I'm kind of the guy that will, you know, sometimes just go to the combine and, you know, try to just, you know, bump into a coach or something and just maybe ask them and ask them some technique, but I'll have specific questions uh, about O-line play and what, and just things that I want to know. And it's like, if they, if they can answer them, great. If they don't want to tell me, that's fine too. Uh, I, I have no problems with that, but I always believe it, it doesn't hurt to ask. Coach, so uh, another big one, you being at Pittsburgh, um, would that be University of Pittsburgh? Was that like 15 and 16? That was, uh, that was actually the last, uh, that was ni- uh, 19 and 20. Oh, okay. 19, 20, you were at Pittsburgh. Yep. Yep. And oh, I just okay. got to Lake Erie in 2021, January. Gotcha. So when, when you were there, so, so we played Pittsburgh uh, in 14 uh, at, at University of Houston, uh, and so I got to see the type of offense alignment that you get to work with. Uh, now we got really lucky and scored out of like 28 points in the last three minutes to beat Pittsburgh in a bowl game uh, in 14. But I got lucky enough to see, and I'm horrible with names, but the big tailback, I think Connor, maybe. Yep. Uh, yeah, James Connor. He yep. was the tailback then and gigantic offensive lineman and they they crushed our defense so I, I got to see some of the guys you got to work with in that conference and and you know so unbelievable and then I was always big as a coach watching Pittsburgh and, and it sounds like maybe it was before you guys but it was that jet motion that Pittsburgh always did you know under center jet mode I think everyone sees it out of the gun but Pittsburgh there for a while was real into uh, you know, jet motion and looks like they're handing it off and then they would run inside zone the other way or to the jet motion or, you know, sometimes they were run inside zone and the tight end would go with the jet motion. Sometimes it was tight end wing. It was so many different ways to do that. Um, and I doesn't sound like maybe you were there during that period. Was there any carryover from that? Um, have you as a run game coordinator brought any carryover from that? Because uh, I haven't dabbled in, in it in a few years, but uh, that always seemed to be uh, really tough on defenses uh, from, from what I did study of that. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely uh, coach Canada's stuff uh, when he was the offensive coordinator and uh, you know, just back to the time you were at Houston, uh, one of the interns who's now the offensive line GA at um, university of Pittsburgh, he, he was the center for that. And, he was like, you know, Joe, man, this was this was the worst loss I, we've ever had. And it I was because like, we were getting killed, <laughs> Coach. We were getting like destroyed. Like, there's no reason for us to even be close. Oh man, I felt I felt so bad. We watched the last uh, fourth quarter. He was like, it, it, he was like, just look at the scoreboard, you know. And then every time you guys got the ball, so I, I feel so bad for uh, 
you know, AO, um, who was a center all those years. So, uh, but yeah, in, in terms, in terms of the jet, uh, jet motion, that was, uh, a lot of coach Canada stuff that did, uh, coach Borley did, you know, take and implement himself. And, uh, in terms of, you know, implementing it now at Lake Erie, that th those are things that we're working with. And it, it's kind of the fine line of, you know, do you play fast? Right. And are you a huddle, you know, what type of mm -hmm. offense you have? And that, that, that was kind of the, you know, the problem or not problem, kind of what I was working through there and the, and the offensive coordinator, who's also the head coach, it's like, well, okay, if we're motion, are we just motioning to motion or are we motioning for a purpose? And, you know, if they're playing a six technique when a tight end attach and, you know, you want to run your jet sweep and, and get around the edge, or, you know, if they're really, you know, squeezing down hard and, you think you can get the edge if the ends are really, you know, spilling everything. And, you know, I, I think that's an opportunity to run a jet sweep there. And um, in terms of the motion, uh, it's, again, it's, it's that fine line of playing fast or, or if you're a huddle team. And so for us, we kind of stayed away from it, but it's something that I'd like to implement more, um, but it's got to coordinate with the offense. And really my, my belief is like, okay, you know, if you can have the same formation, and, you know, the same, you know, it looks the same, but the defense, you know, you can run your, your power, you can run your counter, your inside zone, and then you got your passes or your RPOs off of it. And you're just playing fast. And, you know, the players have confidence in what you're doing. I think, I think there's a lot to that, but it's always that question of too much versus too less. And so that's something that we're still working with coach. Coach, I'm interested in asking you about, you know, being a, a GA and a lot of the stuff I, I guess I've been interested in now for the last few off seasons is kind of, you know, the, the way that you learn, you know, what, what were some of your favorite kind of jobs as a GA, you know, to learn? It sounds like, you know, you're a big, you know, question guy. I would imagine you'd be watching something or something from a practice and then maybe you're jotting it down. I'm interested to kind of hear your process of, you know, what you did as a GA and, and how you would, you know, kind of craft these questions and then be able to get those things answered and ultimately implement them into what you're doing now. Yeah. So, you know, I'm definitely a big question guy and, and every, probably every single meeting I had with coach Forbes, coach Foley and uh, coach Waldron, I, I got my notebook and I, I got my notebook now. Uh, and the way I learned was really trying to, you know, take, take notes and try to, and trying to find, you know, as a GA, I always wanted to, you know, stay a step ahead of the offensive line coach as I got older and, and try to troubleshoot any problems. You know, if we're, especially if we're implementing a new run, you know, it's like, okay, what fire zone pressures, you know, could really screw that up. Have we thought about all that? And really I would just try to come with those questions, you know, to the coach, like coach, how would you block it this way? and really try to dissect it. And, and that's kind of how I learned. Um, th that was really the best way how I learned. Um, and then off the field studies, um, like out of season, um, I would sit with coaches and it's like, okay, what's a knock on a graduate assistant, you know, you know, for a future job, it's like, okay, you know, maybe he can't recruit. So um, I would go to, you know, coach uh, one of the coaches who's arguably the best, you know, recruiting coach at Pitt and just I had I had 10 questions ready for him ready to fire at him and I just was like coach I just need 30 minutes of your time and and after you know six months and 
of just, you know, building a relationship with him. He's like, all right, all right, Joe, just let the questions go. And, and that was just a tremendous experience because, you know, here's arguably, you know, a top recruiter and, you know, and developer of players. And he's just sitting with me and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is an experience that you can't, you can't replicate. And if you're, and, and my belief is if, if you're not going to make a lot of money as a GA, then you, you better ask questions and you, you better learn, you better grow. And, and then you, you better be ready to, you know, like, like my other thought was I always had a O-line manual. Um, and I got that because all the coaches had it before and I wanted to do my own O-line manual and, you know, what my philosophy and what my beliefs were. And then it's like, how am I, how am I blocking that? And, you know, I always kind of believe in, it's like, okay, I'm going to be a big time O-line coach one day. Right. And, so I, I'd ha I would have guys ask me questions, you know, I'd be like, okay, you know, put me through an interview. So I would do some mock interviews when it was off the off season, we didn't have much going on. And, and that was a great experience. And that's what a lot of the GAs and I did at Pitt uh, after our second year. And because it's like, okay, you know, go up there and teach us, you know, teach us inside zone. How, what are you going to do? What are you going to do versus a mid cross blitz? What do you, you know, uh, you know, what are you going to do versus, an edge pressure and how, like, how are you going to block it, Joe? Like I, I would make them ask me those questions just, just so I was, I was ready. And we would do the same, whether it was a linebacker GA, whether it was a wide receiver GA, because we just want to make ourselves better and become better football coaches. And that, that was probably the best way I learned. And then, you know, off the field or at, I say off the field, but out of season, like we, we were fortunate enough at Pitt to, you know, have pro football focus, something I never had, you know, at UMass or definitely not in Sweden. Right. And uh, I would just be like, oh, OK, who's the who's the best, you know, wide zone team. And at the time it was the Tennessee Titans. And I would just, you know, make a cut up of them and I'd watch it over and over again. And then, you know, I'd show, you know, Coach Borbley and, you know, what his thoughts were. And, you know, we would just talk about it and and then we, we actually had the chance to talk with Coach Carter about it. Uh, Keith Carter was offensive line coach for the Titans. And that was so awesome. And, you know, just watching the cool clinic uh, uh, last week was that was awesome. And those were the ways I learned. And that was actually my first cool clinic. And, you know, I'm a bit ashamed of that, but I'll definitely be to more. And I love learning and I love and then now as an offensive line coach, it's like, okay, now it's, now it's my show. And, you know, it's trial and error here and, and trying to get it right and trying to get the kids to buy in and, you know, and th that's how I learned and keep asking questions from coaches who have done it before and, you know, studying the best and, and, and going from there. Coach. So I'm curious about, you know, so then you do get an interview and then you get the job, but, but there's that whole interview process where I'm sure you talked with, several different schools. I just went through that um, as I was moving from Oklahoma to Texas, went, interviewed with a bunch of coaches, and and I had never done that really before. I got my first job. I knew the head coach and had been there six years, and now it's time to move on. And so, okay, now it's time to interview. Well, um, you know, we were a 21, 22 personnel team, uh, bleed the clock, run a lot of power, um, and, and we varied it up, but that was kind of our, our go-to and, and what our belief was. Well, uh, I talk to most coaches that aren't that way, especially in Texas. It's a, in high school, it's a very open spread, you know, throw it around, get as many snaps in as we can. Um, and so what is that 
process like for you going in to interview because you've got certain beliefs, but like you said, also as a good offensive line coach, uh, within reason, you can go into a lot of different offenses and, and make your run game uh, and your pass protections work with what that offensive coordinator is doing or, or what his vision is, like you've already touched on, uh, because you've got an ability to go in so many different ways as an offensive line coach. So what is when you're going in to interview at a place uh, and either knowing what they do offensively or, or not having a good grasp because it's a new guy, a new OC trying to find a spot, what are some things that you're trying to highlight about yourself but not like push yourself out of a job? You know what I mean? Because I was going into these and and I could get up there and talk 22 personnel power all day, but no one, hey, there's a good chance no one wants to talk that with me. Uh, I've got to find other things to, to highlight. What what were what what did you try to do uh, in that interview process to to highlight those good areas, but not not take you out of any jobs? Yeah, no, I mean, that, what a what a great question, and I I still remember um, when I interviewed for the high school job and. Um, I was at UMass and, uh, fortunately it was a pro style offense. So I got to learn a lot of different protections, West coast, you know, two jet, three jet, man, slide, man, you know, dual scat, whatever. And, and so I felt, I felt super, super confident going into the high school meeting and, you know, they put me up on the board and like, they were like, okay, draw four, two box you know, or draw, draw the whole defense four two box and block inside zone. And, you know, I put all 11 guys up there. I was like, all right, check. I got that. I'm good there. And then, you know, but I, I like, I had the Sam like out too far, you know, over number two and it, it, whatever it was. And I, I just kind of messed it up. And I, I was always like, damn, like I, I still have so much to learn and grow. And so, you know, now kind of when I go into an interview, um, like you said, I'm learning about as much as the offensive coordinator as I can. Uh, and like, I'm doing every, like I'm finding film. There's no, I'm finding it, uh, on YouTube, a friend of a friend of a friend on huddle. And, and if he's a new guy and he hasn't run his system, uh, I guess my belief now is really just, okay, let's talk about inside zone and see if we have the same philosophy on it. And, Really, I guess where I highlight, um, what I really try to highlight with those interviews is that I really believe I, I can get the guys to play hard, buy in. And, you know, I was 235 pounds and played O-line and did all right. So I, I had to be, you know, technique-based and effort-based, you know, myself as a player. And that's something I really believe I, I can get the players to do. And so I guess to answer your question, I'm going to highlight that technique. I can coach it. I can coach the, the man reach block. I can coach the drive block. I can, I can coach all the different blocks. I can, um, I'm going to have combinations, you know, calls for inside zone gap, uh, you know, uh, whatever else there is pin pull. I, I have all those calls and I have the adjustments. So I, I, I try to, try to really talk about more technique. And then this is how I would block inside zone. This is how I block power. And I think a lot of it is the same, um, but there are different, you know, aiming points for the running back and way guys, you know, see some stuff. And um, 
I'm open to it. And I try not to get, get in an argument the first day with a guy and, <laughs> and just see, see what, and it's his show and it's his vision. And uh, one day if, if I'm an offensive coordinator, um, I, I hope someone can just buy into my vision because if I'm an offensive coordinator, someone, the head coach is trusting me to do my job. And just like, you know, an O-line coach is tr- trusting the GA to do his job uh, to help him out. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're all together, you know, just like offensive line trying to, you know, make it work. So whatever his vision is, I- I'm going to do it and do it to the best of my ability, just like if, if I was a GA. So I love that. Yeah. Go ahead, Walls. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good, man. Um, coach, I was just going to ask you then too. So now obviously, you know, you, you hop in and you've had your own room before and, and you're starting now with, with another room, but, you know, kind of walk us through, you know, you've been in the learning side of it. Now you have to go kind of to the teaching side of it. So when you first start taking over, you know, what are kind of some of your steps to, you know, start teaching some of these schemes, start teaching some of these things. Um, you have some older players in the room that have, that have probably been there for a while and, and done some different things. How do you maybe get those guys involved? I'm always interested to hear kind of some of your, you know, success stories as a teacher as well. Yeah. Um, so once I found out, you know, I got the job. Uh, the first, well, I, I believe the first thing before obviously you get into schemes is built, trying to build a relationship uh, with all the players and talking with the head coach a little bit before and trying to learn who these guys are, where they're from if you can learn a little bit about, you know, their home life or their academics, just something about them. And then, then I FaceTimed every single one of them and had a 25 minute conversation just about life football. And I was very transparent of who I was and who I am. Um, just, you know, really I'm a 29 year old guy that grew up 20 minutes outside Boston. Here's where I've been. Um, I'm, I'm young, I'm hungry and uh, I'm excited to be here. And, and it's not fake. I, I want to be here and I want to help you become the best player and man uh, you can become. And I believe once they realize that, you know, I, I think then you can kind of get into the schemes. And, you know, the first my first meeting, you know, I, I was I was so jacked up when I finally got all of them together and kind of I just told them a little bit who I was again. You know, uh, you know, I went to Sweden, my wife's from there and um and just a little bit about myself and kind of showed who I am. And really, uh, I said, I got, you know, there's two things I'm, that I'm, I'm going to really, you know, be, you know, my, is my philosophy. And, you know, one is empathy. I'm going to empathize with you guys. Uh, there's a lot going on in this world and I'm really going to do my best to empathize with you and understand where you're coming from. And the other thing is I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to hold you accountable on the field, off the field, and, you know, with your academics and, and so forth. And those two things I'm not going to flinch with. And then, you know, then, then I get into kind of the schemes and my belief of, uh, you know, inside zone and, you know, power and, you know, wide zone. And I, I kind of just break it up. And really, you know, uh, when I have a meeting, I really, I believe in fostering an environment where, you know, they feel like it's all right to talk. And a lot of our meetings were on Zoom at the beginning. Uh, due to COVID, and we finally got to transition into a more academic setting, which I thought was 10 times better. But I guess to kind of really wrap it up and answer your question is I'm trying so hard to establish relationships with each guy. Um, 
and then really get into my beliefs. And I think that if they know you're prepared, right. If they know, okay, here's the indie drills, you know, we're running our cogs, which is our inside zone or whatever, you know, the center and play side guard and, you know, our B blocks, backside guard, backside tackle, we're running cogs and Bs today. And, you know, and then if they get the script, right. If, if you show them that you're prepared and organized and you have a plan each, you know, practice and meeting and objectives, and I think they're, you know, they want to get better. And then I think, you know, most importantly, are you checking in on them? Like, you know, outside of the, of the of football, like, are you really checking in on their classes or, and, or are you just saying that? And that's something that, you know, you can ask all my guys, like I'm all over them because it, it's important for them to graduate. It's important for them to get the degree and, and go on and, you know, be a good man. And so, yeah, establish relationships and then just, you know, go from there and then, you know, have a plan and be organized are the two things that I, I would think is the most important. Coach, I'm kind of curious and, and what I'm trying to find from a bunch of coaches this year, obviously there were some, uh, you know, all the COVID stuff was terrible and, and there was so many different ways people had to change and didn't, you know, want to, and it wasn't as good, but also I'm sure there's some, there's some positives from some of that too, as far as how we coaches learn to meet and learn to be comfortable with zoom and all that are, are you using either zoom or, or in person or wanting to use zoom or in person to have any more individualized uh, meetings with your kids uh, as far as I know, it's important, obviously, to meet with the whole group uh, and not taking that away. But I've seen more and more coaches now go to let's meet as the whole group for 10 minutes. And then, you know, at, at different positions, whatever it is like, hey, all the tackles get on for 10 minutes and we'll talk or some guys go, hey, each of my starters, I meet with them for five minutes or whatever the deal is. Is there any of any individualized meetings, either in person or Zoom, that you like to have with your guys uh, that, that you think maybe is either more successful or a, a great complement to meeting with the entire group? Yeah, no, another awesome question. I mean, uh, my, my personal belief, and, you know, I'm learning right now um, that guys kind of do that. They break up the tackles and guards and stuff. And the way – you know, my belief is the best meeting is in the classroom where you can kind of look them in their eye and, and see if they're really understanding uh, what you're saying. And in terms of individual meetings, I'd only really implement that on, well, I would implement it with my center a lot um, because I wanted just to talk to him after the meeting mm -hmm. and before the meeting. And, and it's so important that you and the center are on the same, uh, you know, same wavelength. Um, so I would do that for him specifically. Um, and then, you know, a couple of freshman guys, you know, that need the extra time, but, uh, and our schedules, whatever the case may be, didn't match up. I go to zoom, but if, if I have it my way, I, I want them to come into my office and, you know, we're, I'm going to go up on the whiteboard and I'm, we're going to go slow and we're going to be thorough and make sure they understand it that way. Um, just so I can make sure uh, to me, I like zoom. Uh, but I really, I still think in the classroom in person is the best way to learn and grow. I know it's the best way to teach seventh graders. I could tell you that much. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> in person is way easier. <laughs> um, coach, I was going to ask you, man, so, you know, you know, 
what gets you fired up as an O-line coach? Like, you know, hey, you're working for an OC, you're working for guys, you know, that kind of had their their things. But, like, you're running the show, you know, what are you passionate about? What, what would you kind of want to be running as far as schemes? What would you want to be doing protection-wise? I mean, again, you don't have to give away, you know, your your whole book on, on what you're all about. But, like, what would be two, three things that, like, man, this stuff just gets me fired up. I, I would be excited to teach these lessons or install these plays and run this offense. Yeah. Uh, so really whether it's a power double team, a deuce block with the guard and tackle. Right. And it's kind of, you know, really what gets me fired up is, uh, and, and to be honest, what gets me more fired up. And I tell my, my guys, this is really the practice and, and watching the players grow. Um, you know, when you got a freshman guy that, you know, maybe he's not stepping the right way sometimes and, you know, he's not playing with confidence. And then he finally comes off the ball and, you know, he smacks someone in the mouth. That, that To me, watching the guys grow up practice, that, I mean, that, that gets me freaking juiced up. And in terms of scheme, it's really like you're going to have your deuce block, like just a, uh, I'm going to love power and, and watch those guys kind of eject, you know, eject the three tech out of the club. And, you know, really when, when they go and they don't just, you know, high five the linebacker when they, when they go strike that linebacker and roll their hips underneath and, you know, they finish him. And uh, that, that, that's really, you know, power is kind of the run scheme where that gets me the most fired up. And, you know, the, my biggest, my biggest pet peeve is um, in the protection game is whether it, it, you're sliding, you're on the slide side or you're the man side, whether it's a three, four, or four, four, two, whatever the case may be. But my biggest pet peeve is when someone's sliding to air, and I just, I just don't understand it. I just, I, I don't get it. It's like, we got five on four or five on three, like, you know, most of the time. So let, let's make those guys uh, feel us. So I guess the other thing that kind of gets me fired up is where, you know, if a, if a guard is coming back on the nose and, and just, you know, really just kind of, you know, cleans the pocket, you know, uh, uh, that, that gets me going a little bit. And, um, but th- 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 those are things really that kind of just, fire fire me up and really get me excited and really just seeing guys play hard like seeing seeing guys chase the ball and you know whether you know it's a pin pull scheme and you know and he just you know takes out the corner takes out the linebacker and then he keeps chasing and he keeps running after the ball and when I see five guys really running and playing hard and practice that that's what gets me like I mean the most fired up and and that's what's exciting about offensive line play. Coach, uh, I'm curious, you being a GA, obviously I'm sure a lot of it is tag, you know, for a while you were, was tagging, you know, all different things, fronts, blitzes, all that stuff. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with how I tag fronts. Uh, you know, I kind of use a numbering system. I've never really loved how I tag blitzes. Um, obviously, it's different with each each staff you're with. They've got different names for them so eventually you go through and name them all um but i'm trying to just ask a bunch of different guys how they tag the blitzes like initially i know everyone goes through like i said and names them all and and they have a big meeting on sunday about these blitzes but like day it's 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 saturday night or sunday morning whenever it's first time to tag blitzes what was your process like tagging blitzes did, did you have one you think worked really well i, I know some guys use a numbering system or you know, and A, B, one, two, a lot of different ways people do it. How, do, how did you um, find most effective to, to initially tag blitzes? 
Yeah. So my, my philosophy kind of in breakdowns is, you know, you break it down with, you know, each column, like you go fronts and then you do all the fronts instead of trying to do, you know, fronts, stunt, blitz. So, you know, I would do all the fronts and then I would do all the blitzes, you know, I'd do the fronts, the stunts, then I'd get to the blitzes. And, and then really my philosophy is kind of, I'm going to name them. Um, and then I'm going to go and see if there's, you know, a couple one-time blitzes that I named and then really just double click it and, and, and see, you know, if, it, if, the, if it's really a different blitz and then I'm going to go field boundary, you know, you know, inside FBI, one more category. And then uh, that's really, that's kind of how I, I, I go about naming the blitzes and, and seeing if it's coming from the field boundary to the back away from the back. But I guess, you know, that, that's one thing that I like listening to this podcast and, and hearing what other guys do and, and see um, for their process. Um, but really, I guess my process isn't that great or, you know, is, you know, standard, whatever it may be, but I got my names for them. And, I, you know, I know if it's a fire zone or a man pressure and we're going to practice it. And, but I, I go through the names and I want to know where it's coming from. And then, you know, I want to know when, you know, when they're doing on third and seven and, and plus. So that's kind of the way I go about it. Gotcha. No, no. If it works for you, coach, I'm with you. It works, man. Um, so you also said you got to do a big study, uh, and I don't know if you're just using an example or if you did get to do a big study over wide zone uh, using all that NFL film. What are some things just off the top of your head? Obviously, I'm sure you have tons of notes on it, but off the top of your head, what are some of the things that that you took from that study uh, about the teams that did run outside wide zone? Well, uh, yeah. And um, so really the biggest thing that I kind of learned from the Titans guy, you know, coach Carter, um, and, you know, Coach Borbley is the number one principle we always said was run off the ball and not just not just, you know, come off the like run, like really run off the ball. And then the number two principle was, make, you know, make the uh, declare the read uh, for the running back. And really what that means is if, you know, you got a three tech that's kind of hanging in there and the running back is reading the defensive end. And then his next read is the next man inside the D lineman. You know, you got to make, you got to declare that read for him. So whether it's the center knocking that three tech out or the center overtaking, you know, the three tech, just make the read declare for him. And, and, and the third principle really would be, you know, stretch the front side and cut the back side. And that's something that I'm really, you know, trying to implement myself more is, you know, you can cut block between the lines, but how do you go about practicing it? And is, is it worth it? And, and, and all that. So, but really it, the number one principle is run off the ball. Second principle, make the, do, make the read declare for the back. And the third principle is stretch the front side and then cut the back side. That, that, those are the biggest takeaways I got from wide zone. Nobody cut blocks enough anymore, Harper. No, they, they don't. They really don't. Well, it scares me. I, I used to and loved it. So my dad, high school coach, uh, high school offensive line coach, grew up when it was, you know, he was, they were veer and all that stuff and they cut everybody. And so he, he always talked to me how physical that is and, and how it messes with the really good defense alignment. And it's like varying a set and pass pro. Uh, but 
then a couple years in with our team and we had like six chop blocking penalties and it came back and none of them were right we got on film we sent it to the refs hey this isn't they're like yeah we made a mistake but that's six of our drives that that were taken away from i mean 15 yard penalty you might as well throw that drive away so then it's like well yeah i'd love to but like you said how 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 do we practice that in practice um how do we you know get good so we can be good at it and then we do it in and if we get the guy cut and it's a penalty against us, then it's like, well, what do I spend all this time for just for me to end up saying it, it's it's too big of a problem to cut people because we might get a 15 yarder, whether it's a penalty or not. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough, <laughs> it's right. just tough. Right. And, and it's hard to cut in practice. And then how many bad cutting drills can you do? And I mean, that's where I keep going back and forth with, and that's something that, I don't know. I really don't know, but I, I know, you know, when you do get that cut on the backside, it, it can be Ooh. a home run play. And <laughs> it's like, man, that's, it, that, that's what gets me going too. And as I assume as many, uh, it gets a lot of offensive line coaches going as well. I'm wondering, that's like, it's something I, you know, sitting here thinking and listening to you guys talk about it. It's like, you know, do you go back and analyze those things? You know, are we too close to the line of scrimmage? So, so now the guy, you know, the defender is going to get hands on, you know, both guys. So it looks like, you know, he's getting high load or whatever, you know, is, is there a different way we can do it? You know, maybe we cut the dude and we fold around him. So it looks like, you know, a back block or something like that. I'm, I just kind of sit here and think about it because I just think it's such a good tool, especially when you're blocking, you know, Aaron Donalds, when you're blocking mm -hmm. absolute dudes that you're like, we're not going to be able to sit here and combo these guys the whole game. You know, I, I watched the FCS game you know, this last week and they couldn't block Sam Houston's front. So they started, you know, pinning and, and pulling the, the uncovered guy. So it's like, to me, like those small adjustments and those little tricks in your bag, you know, and we as coaches every single year, we say, man, if we could just get three or four plays a game to me, those are those small things that that could be a huge advantage, especially if you're able to pull it out of your bag of tricks at the right time. Oh, coach, I, I couldn't agree more with you. It's, and it's like, you know, is a D lineman, is he a penetrator, right? And, and just to just, you know, get him to just take an extra second to like, or, you know, half a second to not come off the ball because you, you cut the, you cut the crap out of him, right? And, but like, if he's a reader, right? And, you know, he has that wide stance at D line, it's like, do you cut him or, you know, really, you know, you really would like to, you know, down block him, but, and, and go around and do the pin pull schemes and, but it's like, but yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to combo those three techs, those, those war daddies in the middle all the time. And that's why my philosophy is like, okay, it's like, can we just get the guys to think a little bit, whether I'm still a fan of the trap block and, and just, and then the draw play, I, I think draw is stealing sometimes. Like, it's like, they're coming up the field. It's like, well, okay. Just, you know, just ride them outside. It's an easy block for the whole line. And, you know, hand the ball off, but you know, in my mind, it's like how how many different ways can you, you know, slow down that dude? Like whether it's a trap, whether it's a draw, you know, a influence play. There's so many things that goes on in my head where I'm like, okay, Joe, dial it back here. Let's see what we can actually run. Let's see, you know, what the kids know and in the system and all that. But yeah, it, it cutting is a, a great tool and should needs to be used in my opinion. And uh, but it's like, okay, if you're going to use it, you, you got to have a plan to use it. You know, when are you going to practice it and, and make sure you iron out all those details. And 
that's that's what I love about you know the the May June July months and you're just sitting there and you got all your ideas you know especially having a spring season we just did and you know getting thrown kind of really right into it and learning the coaches deal and the offense is you know best I can while recruiting my my butt off for them and but that's why I'm so excited. It's like, are you kidding me now? Now, now I get to go back and watch all that and really, okay, fine tune it and, and learn and grow and have our players grow. But cutting, I mean, you like if, if it's legal, I you throw it and, and then go from there. If you, if you think it, if it, you think it fits your guys and if they're comfortable with it. So it's my job to make them comfortable with it. Coach watching those wide zone teams. What was, what was some of, or, or the most, complimentary uh playoff of that that you saw it was it was it the boot i mean was it or sorry naked was it naked off of it i you know we were big wide zone last year and we were uh we were wide zone and i just don't think we did you know we we trusted naked enough and and man i see those teams that run wide zone and and my my favorite and i don't know if it's you know but my favorite is that that having the double flats off of naked. So you get the fullback in the flat coming across, and now the tight end, instead of a slam flat, I think the Rams called it like a, a late down flat. So he's five, six steps in, and now he's kind of leaking up in the flat or uh, up into that, that you know, space that, that no one's there, that voided space that the defense is rocked back for the naked. Uh, is that probably the most – thing that you saw that complimented or, or what did you see from those those wide zone teams yeah the the boot plays in the naked you know the naked deal is really the most I think the best compliment to it and you know how that backside end is playing and you know I thought that the fullback in the flat and the tight end in the flat and the tight end you know coming back and you know running like a naked slide um th those are I thought the best plays off of it and and, and really sometimes when you kind of have the tight end, you know, come in sometimes, you know, like where you're going to, you, you run the, you run the fake wide zone or one way and the, he's rolling the other. And then the tight end kind of, he's there to secure that backside end. And you got your, you know, your, um, your uh, crossover routes and, and so forth. I thought that was pretty good way just to protect it instead of running a true naked. I thought that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, definitely the boot and the you know those naked plays are definitely the best compliment in my opinion, or at least what I've seen uh, for wide zone. Well, coach, uh, you know this has been an unbelievable hour. Uh, I've it's been awesome to get to talk to you. You've done so many, you know, been at so many cool places, so many great offensive line coaches, and excited to see you know what you continue to do with your group. But before we let you go, I always like to ask guys, you know, when you're there and you're watching another team's offensive line, and, and as a GA, I'm sure you've done a lot of, like you said, picking out, hey, I like this, I don't like this, I want to do this, I don't. So when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Yeah, uh, really. And, you know, I listened to a, a, another podcast that you guys said, or, you know, or another podcast that you guys had. And I agree with one of the coaches uh, answers and I forget it. And, you know, he, he was like movement and, you know, really how they handle the movement and in terms of not just, you know, really in terms of the run game, how they're handling the, you know, the movement versus the inside zone and, and the wide zone and how those guys handle that. And, um, 
really in the protection game as well, obviously. But, and I, I was thinking about this, you know, question and, you know, it's probably maybe a bit corny, but like, but the way, you know, if all the offensive linemen are in and they're, you know, celebrating with the running back, you know, who scored a touchdown or the quarterback or the receiver and they're chasing the ball and they're, they just look like they, they care and they're, they're playing with some passion. And if they're, if they're down 14, if they're down 21 or, you know, if they're up 14, up 21, and if they're just doing that, I think that, I think that really shows a lot because the guys care. And if you can see the guys care on the field, uh, to me, then the coach is doing something right. You know, they're buying in the offensive line coach, they're buying into what he's saying uh, because they care about the team success and not just, you know, they're, you know, oh, I got a pancake and now I'm, you know, I'm talking crap to you, you know, to the defensive line. And, you know, I, I think, you, you know, you need, a, you need a guy who does that a little bit, but like when you really, you see the guys, you know, celebrating in the end zone with the skill player and, you know, lifting them up and loving them up. I think there you, you see a lot of guys, you, you can see that the offensive line cares. And to me, I, I think that's a reflection on coaching and, and so forth. Coach, man, been an absolute blast. I, I guarantee Harper and I could could roll at least for another hour with you, especially you know, Harper. Was, I could tell Harper's getting a little excited about the wide zone stuff there. So I'm I'm kind of kind of glad we had to cut it off a little early there. I, I felt like it was going to go on a big wide zone turn. Oh boy! <laughs> no, I, I, we've had we've had an absolute blast, man. Like I said, it's it's fun to talk to guys who love ball, and and, and we can tell you know obviously hearing you talk and seeing you talk, but also, you know, kind of your track record, you've gone places to do football and, and you're the kind of guy that we're looking to talk to and, and looking to hear from, man. So it's been a blast. And, and guys, th thank you so much. And, and thank you for all you do for offensive line coaches specifically and, and, and coaches in general and providing this platform. And, you know, I, I, it's just, I'm a long time listener and it really is an honor to be on here and just talk some ball with you guys and, you guys do a phenomenal job of getting to know the guy and asking questions. So I, I really appreciate your time and know you guys are busy and have families and, and, and so forth. So to me, this is was a tremendous honor and I can't thank you guys enough. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about run the power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve or hoodie at runthepower.com also if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app this will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com follow me on twitter at harper underscore coach and coach walls at coach brady walls Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.